Welcome to Generation Why Am I Like This. I'm Casey. I'm Liz. And I'm Alec. And this is the podcast where we look back at some of our favorite pop culture moments from our childhoods. I am so excited this week to talk about the video game that has confused a generation, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I have no clue what to expect. I'm already confused. <laughs> so, why I chose this. I, I think at a GameStop, just saw the commercial for this, and I heard the opening song, Simple and Clean, and fell in love with it so much so that I song. like, right? Yeah. So, and it was like a commercial for it, so it hadn't been out yet. So I literally was online, and I like followed the date and saw like the updates of when it was coming out and all this stuff, and I didn't have money because it was like 2002, and I'm a little baby then still. So I begged my dad on the day that it came out to take me to a Blockbuster I called around town and reserved a copy at a Blockbuster because it was sold out most places already and made him drive across town so that I could go get it and then brought the game back. And I stayed up like all night playing it. But I was just like in love obsessed. If you've heard the opening song, Simple and Clean, it makes anyone want to play a video game. Yeah, that's the only thing of this game I think I actually knew about before this week. She does that opening for video games too, for Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3. Okay. Every single intro is like a new bop. The last one, she had two different songs. And I think one of them was like, um, she co-wrote it with Skrillex. And it's really good. (laughs) Okay, so this is the song that's in the very beginning. Like the video that we watched, that's the very beginning. Yeah. Okay, because that feels fake. It doesn't even feel like that belonged in that for some reason to me. Like I was like (laughs) watching that intro and I'm like, is this like a fan made video of the intro where they use like... Well, yeah, it it... felt like that that version (laughs) of that song was a little... It didn't feel like true to the song because it almost felt like they used just the same vocal track and like sped it up really fast and she kind of sounded like a chipmunk Um, because I know the other version (laughs) of the song. I My only exposure to this game was a friend of mine on the bus like loved this game on the bus home from school and he would talk about it every day. I was like, I have no clue what this game is. (laughs) And he he, like gave me the song or like I he told me what it was and I downloaded it on probably Napster or something. And that's all I know about the game. I actually played this game a little bit. Like, I know my brother had this game, and we had it on PS2, and I know I played some of it, because I remember playing, like, watching through some of the gameplay. I was like, okay, I remember these bad guys, like, the heartless things and stuff, like, uh, and I remember playing it, but I didn't ever beat the game. Like, it it was difficult, and so therefore I probably gave up on it. It seems like there's a lot going on in the game. I don't blame you. Yeah. So, but I know my brother beat it and my brother, both my brothers like this game. um, And I think they were pretty excited about the third one coming out. So, uh, so good. Anyways, I, I do have some like experience with the game, but I definitely do not know the story. Like, uh, you know, trying to uh, do, does anybody know the story? I don't know. (laughs) That's a good question. I was going to say, Liz, you're not alone, including people that have played this game. They do not know. (laughs) So today we're mostly going to talk about Kingdom Hearts 1, which does, strangely enough, have one of the most straightforward plot lines. It's the overarching story of the whole franchise that's convoluted. And I'll try not to talk about too much, but I will talk about because it's me and it's one of the reasons why I love this franchise. (laughs) A little bit of the history of Kingdom Hearts, because I find the creation of this game to also just be so bonkers, and I love it. So it starts off with 
two employees at Square, Shinji Hashimoto and Tetsuya Nomura. Back in like 2001, they were known mostly for working on Final Fantasy games, specifically Final Fantasy VII, which was a huge freaking hit and actually gave a lot of spotlight specifically onto Square. Tetsuya Nomura was very up and coming with it. He did a lot of character designs. He is also known for helping to create a pivotal moment in Final Fantasy VII, which spoilers for those, he's the one that kind of helped do the whole scene where Sephiroth kills Aerith or Eris, depending on doesn't mean anything what version me. you're doing. I know. And it like, I know. <laughs> this is for the listeners, not for you. <laughs> this is for the six listeners that played the game. Uh, <laughs> you think we have that many? Yes. <laughs> I could. Every I can single one them. of our listeners played. Final <laughs> well, it's Fantasy. not my mom. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. If you played Final Fantasy VII, please write into us so I can let Alec and Liz know that there are at least six of you out there. That <laughs> At least six, please. At the same time, they're coming off of a huge flop. They created a movie called Final Fantasy Spirits Within, and it did not do well. <laughs> it was a $137 million box Holy office flop. Holy shit. I did hear about that movie. Oh my yeah. god. That's what's going on at Square, for the most part. The big story starts exactly where you think it would, with Super Mario 64. <laughs> I mean, naturally. <laughs> naturally. What? That's where every story I mean, begins. that's a fantastic game. I might have to talk about that at some point, but can continue on. Please. Exactly. And it's so fantastic that the people at Square were like, we want to make something like this. Because they mostly did RPGs, which has the battle system is you have random encounters. You go to like a separate screen and fight enemies. Mm -hmm. Whereas Super Mario 64, your enemies were just all over and you could randomly attack people or avoid people. But it was also a platformer at the same time. So there were a lot of different elements that were brought to this game that revolutionized video games in general because it was like a 3d action platformer mm -hmm. and they're like let's do something like this but then square realized that their biggest properties were final fantasy games which really weren't suited for that style just yet they didn't really have a flagship character that could carry it and they're like well what companies do have big flagship characters that this could little carry a up and coming game? company called disney yes literally they were like what about Mickey Mouse? What a platformer oh action video game with Mickey Mouse. And they're like, that's so cool. You know what's even better about this idea? We literally share a building with Disney Japan and Disney Interactive. <laughs> that's convenient. Yeah. I believe it's Shinji um, Hashimoto actually talked to a Disney exec in an elevator and pitched mm -hmm. this game. He did a literal elevator pitch. I was say, that's an elevator pitch if I've ever heard it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and at this time, too, Disney... I mean, they're Disney, so they were always kind of doing fine, but they had a lot of flops in their hand and a lot of things that weren't going so great. The idea of having this tandem game with Square and like these Final Fantasy people was very alluring to them. So Nomura, who I mentioned to, who worked on Final Fantasy VII, he never directed a video game before. And Kingdom Hearts was the first game he ever directed. And I think even like had um, like a co-creation on it. So it was kind of a big deal that this person who mostly did character design was like able to lead the full game. And even more crazy about it was that Disney, um, Bob Iger was the executive at Disney at that time as well. He was so on board with it that he was like, do whatever you want with our characters. Like free reign. I like your what? idea. I feel like that's like something you going. would never hear Disney say nowadays. I know. Right? There's this no wasn't way. even that long ago. This was what, 20 years ago? Not yeah. Even that. that's so it's wild. bonkers. The yeah. people that literally changed copyright laws Ugh. so that people yeah, couldn't grab Mickey Mouse was like, do whatever you want, make this game. It sounds cool. Except for the one caveat that they were like, we don't really want you to use Mickey Mouse, though. And they're like, but that's who we 
That's what we wanted this game to be around. He's like, yeah, no. You can have him in one scene. He can say, like, a sentence. And it's best if you don't refer to him if he's a part of the plot or anything. Call him by something else. And they're like, okay. He's like, but use any other Disney thing you want. Whatever you want, it's fine. (laughs) So basically they didn't want Mickey to be the lead or so. Like, you didn't, they didn't want you to play as Mickey kind of or something. Is that? Yeah, essentially. They just didn't want him to be a major part of the storyline. Like, actually on screen. Yeah. Yeah. But then you also think of all the Disney properties that they're like, do whatever you want with any of these characters. We don't have big properties, too. (laughs) I know. From this, they decided to create an original character who is the the lead. His name's Sora. And the original idea is essentially where we still landed, is that he would go to different Disney worlds and interact with the characters and just go on an adventure. At first, the game was very, very kid-oriented. Until um, the Hashimoto saw it and he was like, hey, Nomura, uh, this is a little too kiddish. And people know Square as like, we did Final Fantasy 7, we did Final Fantasy 8, like these big bonkers games with these twists and turns. And they have a big like teen demographic. You might want to gear this to them too. So Nomura went back and was like, okay, well, let's put some nonsense in here. And let's throw in some Final Fantasy characters into this game as well, because those are the ones that we've worked on. Yeah, I never I knew that some of the characters were Final Fantasy characters. I was watching one of these videos, and they were like, this person from Final Fantasy. I was like, wait, <laughs> that's who these people are? Like, yeah, Big Shoes Magoo isn't, but like, he's in that sort of world. Yeah, they kind of felt that their original characters want to be able to stand on their own at first. So they really wanted to like flesh out the world with well-established characters. Mm. It's so <laughs> weird to me. Like, cause I feel like it's two super random things to combine. Like final fantasy yeah. and Disney together is like so weird to me. And I don't know. I just, I can't believe this happened. I just think it's <laughs> such a weird, ah, I you just think so it's so people. wild. It's, <laughs> It's so bonkers, and I love it. One little fact is that the original design for Sora, he didn't have a keyblade, which is like the iconic weapon of the game. Uh-huh. He had um, like a chainsaw sword. Oh, sorry, that was, that was a fun wire. sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> but Disney saw it, and they were like, "Yeah, no, he can't have a chainsaw and go around Disney World." <laughs> this is the one thing you sing that we yeah. can't have. They changed it to a key. I'm assuming because it's more of a blunt instrument. But well, it doesn't also... look scary. It doesn't yeah, look like scary. a weapon. Like it no, just you just kind of like bonk cool people thing. with it. Yeah. yeah, and I'm assuming they wanted to play on the idea. The original name of the game was just going to be Kingdom because they wanted to play up the idea of like the Disney Animal Kingdom mm-hmm. and have that in there, or like the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of the parks just have in the title. Um, but then they weren't able to get the copyright for a game called Kingdom, oh. so they're like. Well, we have a lot of random stuff about hearts in here. Let's flesh out that storyline and let's call it Kingdom Hearts. Truly, the storyline was like a weirdly evolving thing that things just fell into place or they were forced. And it really Honestly, shows. yeah, I was going to say that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, I did want to talk about the voice cast, though, for this game. Yeah, what? Like, I never knew those people were part of it. <laughs> yeah, so they tried as much as I could to get the original voice actors from all of these disney films so much so that the voice actress for alice it had been 50 years since she's voiced those characters came back and did the voices again does it actually sound like the characters in the movie though or is it like yeah i'm alice (laughs) no it's not (laughs) hey guys i'm alice over here (laughs) she's been smoking for 60 years (laughs) 
It's been 60 years, darling. <laughs> I've waited 84 years. <laughs> yeah, it's... They got so many people. Um, one of the highlights for me is Sean Astin, who was like my childhood crush, just so you all oh, know. Oh, yeah. Um, he voiced Hercules in this. That's amazing. Uh, but there also Haley Joel Osment voiced Sora. Uh-huh. Hayden Panettiere was Kyrie. David Gallagher was Riku. That's so bad. Uh, David Boreanis voiced Squall. <gasps> Billy Zane was Ansem. Mandy Moore was uh, Aerith. Oh really? my gosh. Uh, Christy Carlson Romano is the character of Yuffie. Uh, I Lance love her Bass so much. Voice Sephiroth, which oh, is just mind blowing. Gosh, this is insane! I didn't know this. Okay, yeah, <laughs> they brought they brought back Jodie Benson to do the voice of Ariel, and this mm. is just Kingdom Hearts One. There are other characters that they bring into the game too that also have like you're like who? Why are <laughs> what? Um, like Allison Stoner, if you guys know her, yeah, I know that name, the what dancer, yeah, yeah, she did the Missy She's Elliott, the Missy Elliott dance. <gasps> yeah, yeah, Mike's super short show. Yeah, yeah, she comes back and she voices one of the characters, Shion, um, who is the most convoluted character, I think, in the game, which is saying a lot. Oh, yeah, Jesse McCartney voices um, a character in it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's just a lot of random people. Uh, Did you... they get a lot of these people to come back for the third game? Yeah. Wow. But I think essentially everyone, like, they haven't lost anyone in all of this stuff. That's amazing. Um, truly wild and it makes me so happy i mean i know <laughs> so, a lot of actors like voice acting it's you know it's fairly easy yeah you just get to like paycheck. be in a studio alone or with a one or two other people and do your thing so i get it it just blows my mind like who they got though because i was like you picked like the most like 90s and early 2000s people you possibly could to do this yeah, cast. the most iconic yeah. people <laughs> from the 90s and 2000s yeah. <laughs> right and it's just it's wild they should have just had like in sync come in and like do a like <laughs> random cutscene. <laughs> I wish you all understood exactly who Sephiroth was from Final Fantasy VII to think how ludicrous it is that Lance Bass voices him, and it sounds so good in the game too. But it's just bonkers. I guess that's to me. all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> so the game was officially released in uh, March twenty eighth, two thousand two. It was like critically acclaimed. It sold really, really well. Millions and millions of co- uh, copies right away. It's still known as one of the top 10 best selling games of the PlayStation 2, which is okay. wonderful. Yeah. And it has spawned many, many sequels. Yeah, way more, more than, I than I thought there existed. Yeah. yeah, I thought there were just like Kingdom Hearts 2 and the upcoming Kingdom Hearts 3, but I was wrong. You are not alone. Uh, fun story. So... When they announced Kingdom Hearts 2, they already had another game out called Chain of Memories. And a lot of people I know did not play this other game because they didn't think that it was, like, canonical. It had anything to do with the story. Lie. All of these games fit into the story, which is also why the storyline is so convoluted. Because you have ten games trying to tell one singular story across so many different platforms. I know. One of them's like, just PSP or something, like... Who had a yeah. PSP? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the way that Nomura built the games too is he had an idea in mind for the console it'd be played on and then built a game around that and then added story and plot into it. So you have so many weird elements thrown into a game that you're like, all right. So it goes Kingdom Hearts and then the first sequel is called Chain of Memories, which was released on the Game Boy Advanced. And it's like a card-based game. Oh. Kingdom Hearts 2 was released on the PlayStation 2 just a few years after Kingdom Hearts 1. And if you didn't play Chain of Memories, the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 2 made little to no sense. Because Chain of Memories is all about 
like kind of Sora losing his memories and at the end of it they put him in this cocoon thing and he has to have his memories like stitched back together. Kingdom Hearts 2 also has a prologue to it where you play as another character named Roxas who is Sora's nobody which is another version of Sora which you would know if you played Chain of Memories because they kind of show like a little video at the end of what this character if you did it memories like a success yeah it's all okay okay I was just like I was worried it was like Chain of Memories didn't do well and they were like well we're gonna keep the storyline you know really hinging on that so if you didn't play Chain of Memories you start off Kingdom Hearts 2 playing this character you've never heard of and then at the end of this character storyline is Sora in this big cocoon thing. And you're just like, what? And they mention all of these characters that happened in this Game Boy Advance game. And I again, I know so many people that just played Kingdom Hearts 1 and then 2. And they're like, uh-huh. what is going on? So after Kingdom Hearts 2 was a mobile game that came out called Coded. And then it was later on released for the PlayStation 3 and also the 4 at a different time. And it was named Recoded. And it's a weird game. I don't want to get into it, <laughs> but it was a mobile game. <sighs> and then we have Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. What? Which was released what? for the Wait, what, what? DS. What is the yes. title? 358 over two days. It's just a normal like game title. divided by two? 358 over two days. Let us know below what you think it is. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> below what? <laughs> exactly. Yes. So then the next game that came out is Birth by Sleep, and it was released for the PSP. The <laughs> I game love these titles. Yeah. The game after that is Dream Drop Distance, which was released for the 3DS. My God. It's their 3D game, so it's Dream Drop uh, Distance. Uh. Uh. Next, we have Kingdom Hearts Key. You might be saying Key. Casey, that's just the letter X after Kingdom Hearts. It's Key. And that's a mobile game. It has since had several name changes and also changes to the storyline, whereas Unchained Key and Unchained Key Cross. All three of what? those are the same game, but also different games. I hate it. I, I hate, hate it all. I hate it all. <laughs> <laughs> so another game after that that happened Stop. is actually a... <laughs> um, it's square. actually part Stop of... everything. <laughs> So they started re-releasing the games with remasters and consolidating them together. So there's like Kingdom Hearts Final Mix 1, which has mm. like Kingdom Hearts and Chain of Memories up it and whatnot. Well, the last of these games that have multiple games in them that they released was called Kingdom Hearts 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. This had three things in it. I can't say games because one of them is a movie. So it held Dream Drop Distance. <laughs> it held a short movie that recapped everything that happened in kingdom hearts key the mobile game and also released a brand new game called birth by sleep a fragmentary passage but this is different than the original birth by sleep game yes it is completely different game and storyline why would it be the same great exactly (laughs) um i have to say birth by sleep a fragmentary passage is quite possibly my favorite game this timeline is a nightmare and this should have been done in our spooky month this is not the timeline (laughs) This is the version. This is the way the games were released. So after 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, we have Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, the DLC for it was also Remind, is what it was called. And it was released for the PS4. We have since have had Kingdom Hearts Dark Road, which was released earlier this year. It is a mobile game. You have to download Kingdom Hearts Key to play Dark Road, but technically it is a separate game. And 
The day after this episode releases, we'll have the newest Kingdom Hearts game, Melody of Memory, which is going to be released on the Xbox, PlayStation, and the Switch. Now, let me just tell you (laughs) the way that these games go. So, Kingdom Hearts Key actually takes place centuries ago. So that's the first game, followed by Birth by Sleep. Then it goes Kingdom Hearts 1. Then it's Chain of Memories. Mm -hmm. Then (laughs) it's 358 over two days, Kingdom Hearts 2. Naturally. Then I believe it's coded, Dream Drop Distance. All the time during all of those games, Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage has been happening after Birth by Sleep, all the way up to the end of Dream Drop Distance and through some of Kingdom Hearts 3. Then we have Kingdom Hearts 3. Then we have Melody of Memory. That's the actual timeline of when these games happen. (laughs) I would also just like to state, I just went through the game titles. I don't even tell you what happened. (laughs) I didn't even go over the storyline. Have you played? What sequels have you played? I have played every game. I played some of Kingdom Hearts Key, but not a lot because I'm just not a mobile game person. Yeah, and I played everything except for, obviously, Melody of Memory because it comes out tomorrow. Which Melody of Memory, I'm actually kind of interested in because it's a rhythm game. Yeah, it doesn't look like an actual, yeah. But it's like an action rhythm game. So it's a little different than like Candace of Hyrule or that kind of stuff. But yeah, you just go through all the music of Kingdom Hearts and there's like a hundred and fifty or some odd different levels to it that you play through in songs. And it also has canonical storyline to it. I can't stress enough that all of these games are supposed to play into the storyline. If I wanted to get into Kingdom Hearts now. Mm -hmm. Don't. um... (laughs) It's too late. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Because you said there's kind of these packaged games of, like, multiple games. Could I get, like, mm-hmm. something like that? What what would I get? <laughs> well, there's many <laughs> different... <laughs> there's a couple different versions of the packaged games. What I have right now for the PlayStation 4, which is what you'd be able to get, yeah. would be... They have a collection of literally every game except for um, Kingdom Hearts Key. So... Kingdom Hearts 1 going all the way up to Dream Drop Distance is one collection in itself. Okay. So that is the history and storyline and production of Kingdom Hearts. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) So you're probably wondering, Casey, why does everyone love this game so much? What's so alluring about it? They don't. They don't. No. (laughs) (laughs) They do. It's extremely charming. People are obsessed with this game yeah and one of the things people love about this game is that it teaches you that best friends come in sets of threes typically two guys and a girl so hey we have that hey it's us yay so after watching the videos who do you think all of us would be right do you guys know riku sori and kairi well enough i mean or maybe aqua terra and ventus or Axel, Shion. I have no clue what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think my like immediate thought is like Casey would be Riku, I would be Sora, and Alec would be Kyrie. But uh, wait, which one's Kyrie? Oh my god! Thank you, Liz. Is that like fair? I'm a bad boy. I don't know. I I that's literally like, don't know what any of these things mean. So Kyrie is the girl, but I. So I mean, it like yes. it's like oh, I, like so I feel like most times we'd be like oh well, Liz would be Kyrie because she's like a girl, but like. But I don't think you're a I, think... I was actually going to say you're a Sora because I feel like you make the most friends out of us. Um, is that <laughs> an understatement? Uh, I would say Alex <laughs> speaks his mind a little bit more and isn't afraid to be angry at people because it's like that side of you. 
And I feel like I'm the one floating over here doing nothing. So I think I'm Kyrie. <laughs> I'm going to take a quiz while we're doing this podcast uh, slowly, and I'll let you know what it tells me I am. Ooh, good idea. Do you so want the link? Have... I'll send you the link. Yeah, send it to you. I'm very touched that you said I'd be Riku. Thank you. I do let the darkness in my heart. Um, I have been norted by a man before. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't want to, this isn't that kind of podcast. Okay, what is... is yes, it is for explicit. Is Nording a word specific to this game? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you sound ashamed to talk about this. <laughs> well, okay. So, in Kingdom Hearts 1, we'll say first, the main characters are Riku, Sora, and Kairi. That's who we've been talking about. Sorry, listeners. This episode's so off the rails. And if you know the game, you do. If you don't, I'm sorry. So, the main villain's name is Ansem. But you find out in later videos that in video games that his name actually isn't Ansem. He his name is actually Xehanort, and he's able to take over people's bodies and control them. So when they call when they say like this person's been norted, like uh, Riku's been norted or Terra's been norted, uh, it's actually referring to the big bad's name. His name is Master Xehanort. So it's just okay. being possessed yeah, by so that character. Being, okay. Yeah, I see. Okay. But it's like super possessed, and your eyes turn like a beautiful yellow color which i'm not against i you can nort me i'll I'll take those eyes the storyline of kingdom hearts are these three best friends riku sora and kairi and they live on this island destiny island and they want to go out and explore other worlds because they know other worlds exist because kairi was not actually born on destiny island but she was sent there years ago she doesn't remember where she's from it's a mystery and then one night on the island they get attacked by these monsters and Kairi disappears after she sees Sora and then Riku is devoured by this big black energy puddle thing. And then Sora has to fight this big creature and you find out the creatures are called heartless mm-hmm. and these heartless come around when other creatures or people steal someone else's heart. The shell that's left of them is called a, nope, that's a nobody. The heartless come <laughs> Because they want to steal hearts because they don't have any hearts. The heartless yeah. kind of remind me of the monster, some of the monsters in Twilight Princess. Yes. Like kind of that like crinkly like, Rrr! and they, they look different in a lot of different scenes that I saw, but that's just kind of the vibe well, I was yeah, getting. Also, I have a very, in, right? yeah, mm. they kind of change. Which is also similar to Twilight Princess. Um, I have a very important update. Uh, this quiz says I am Sora, and I do think it's because of my shoe size. Okay. I think they knew. <laughs> Uh, mine says that I'm goofy. I'm the life of the party. <laughs> Does that mean I'm Donald? I would be a Donald. Oh, okay, I can see it. <laughs> All right, sorry. So then Sora magically appears a Keyblade in front of him, which is this magic thing that can unlock anything. That's literally its magic power. It can unlock and lock things. It's a key. It's a key. Destiny Island is destroyed by the Heartless. Sora ends up on this place called Traverse Town, where he runs into... Donald and Goofy, who are looking for the king, who's King Mickey, but they can't really say Mickey because but it's not Disney. really Mickey, but it's Mickey, but it's Mickey. And so then, honestly, from there, it's kind of a lot of nothing happens, which is kind of how Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> You're really go. selling this game to me. I it's it's fun. <laughs> I okay, so fun. like the videos I was watching. It just seems like there's so many different things because they'd be like, oh, yeah. And so you're fighting through these different worlds and you have these different challenges. But, oh, yeah, then there's the 101 Dalmatians that you have to collect the whole time. And then there's the gummy mm-hmm. ship thing where you have to collect all the blueprints. And then this thing. And then this, I was like, I this is just the first game. 
Like, yeah. what the actual fuck? So there's a lot of little, like, Easter egg things to do. If you're, like, a gamer and you just want to, like, love to complete games 100%, they have a lot of little, like, oh, you need to find these specific treasures or these things for you. Mm-hmm. And most of them are tied into some sort of Disney thing. But you don't have to do them. A lot of times I don't do that for video games. I mostly... This is going to sound strange talking about this game. I mostly play video games for the storylines. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think that, like, the thing that attracts me to the game is, like, the concept of getting to go into all these Disney worlds. And just, exactly. like, go hang out with characters that you already love. Honestly, if they had condensed the story a little bit, I just feel like I would like it more, probably. Because I'm not a huge Final fan. I mean, I've never played a Final Fantasy game, so... A lot of that stuff is just out for me. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's not a thing. So you go to Traverse Town, and it's just Sora. He meets Donald and Goofy, and <laughs> this these are your traveling companions. And then you hop from Disney World to Disney World, and you... Can you just take the tram, though? They have the tram that goes around all the park. No, you take a gummy ship. <laughs> okay, which, what is a gummy ship? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Like this. a Haribo, <laughs> like candy? No. <laughs> It's just their form of, like, spaceship that you can travel around. But as you're going, you can find things called gummy blocks. And you're actually able to assemble your own ships out of the blocks. So think of, like, how Minecraft just has all the different shapes that you just Mm -hmm. kind of put together. They're mostly squares, but this one will have, like, triangles and spheres. And you can build a ship into a different configuration. They're very controversial. A lot of people hate the gummy ship. I find it kind of boring. But I don't. Yeah, hate it looks it. boring. It's just kind of a thing. Yeah, it's just a thing. It's there. Now we get into the Disney worlds, and sometimes they follow essentially the same storyline as the actual movies, and then sometimes they deviate wildly. They just kind of did whatever they wanted, which is fine. So, like Alice in Wonderland, you interrupt in the middle of the court case when they're about to behead Alice because she painted the roses red. And you have to, like, find evidence as to why Alice didn't do it. Okay. And and then she gets kidnapped. So it's just, like, little fun Disney things. Hashtag just Disney things. (laughs) (laughs) Just Disney things. Um, After that, you go to the Olympus Coliseum, and you just do a whole bunch of, like, different fighting trials, and you try to become a true hero. Which, that kind of reminds me of Zelda, like, when you... Uh, in Wind Waker, the hero... What is that place called? Oh. oh. It's that really tall column tower thing where you go in and you yeah. have to... You keep going into rooms and you just have to fight, like, waves of bad guys. Um, yeah. It, it just looks a lot like that. It was very similar. Yeah, so that one, you literally just keep on fighting different bad guys, but they come as, like, different matches, like you're in a coliseum. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of storyline to it. The next world is the Deep Jungle. This is Tarzan's world. It's not really Tarzan, but it is Tarzan. So when you find is them, Tar- Donald there though? No, she's not. The gorillas don't really speak in this because they can't understand them. In the movie, the animals can talk to other animals, but they All can't right. just randomly talk to the people. Tarzan and Jane know each other. Clayton's evil and stuff. There's issues with the gorillas because Clayton wants to kill them, and then they realize that Clayton is like a poacher and wants to kill gorillas, and like that's bad. So then they fight Clayton, who has the power of the heartless with him so he fights with a giant chameleon monster as one does and then they defeat him and that's it all right right sweet all the while um maleficent oogie boogie ursula jafar are in the background always just like talking about how they want to control the heartless and destroy the world just having a casual round table girls night maleficent was supposed to be the original big bad 
and mm. then the when they're like we want this to be more final fantasy like more teens that's when they created this new bad guy named ansem and then put maleficent as still the bad guy but not the bad guy yeah i feel like there's too many characters like too many characters that play such important parts in the storyline like it's one thing to go into a world and be like oh here's tarzan we're gonna work with tarzan now but like the main character and the main bad guy are still always the main character and the main bad guy but i feel like (laughs) the thing that blows my mind when i'm watching the stuff you sent me was oh there's about like 20 main guys and then there's 30 different bad oh guys God, and here yeah, you go and i'm just like what the <laughs> f i don't know uh i feel like this is gonna be our most confusing episode yet and i'm very sorry to everyone <laughs> so then next you can go to the hundred acre wood there's actually like torn pages around the different worlds that you can collect and you can repair winnie the pooh's book Aww. and then you have all these mini like these mini games with winnie the pooh like, he gets stuck in Rabbit's house, like he does in the story. So you have to help, mm. like, push Pooh out. You have to help him get uh, honey. <laughs> yeah, you have to help push the Pooh out. Uh, you have to stop Tigger from destroying vegetables. You know, just Pooh stuff. Uh, then there's Agrabah. Aladdin has the lamp. Then he loses the lamp. And then they go back to the Cave of Wonders. And then you fight Jafar. You defeat Jafar. And then Jafar uses the lamp to turn into a genie. And then you seal Jafar away doesn't jafar turn into a genie in the in one of the movies too yeah in the first one yeah, yeah. at the very end yeah, yeah yeah. it's like i fall asleep usually about three four and then i wake up and he's a genie i'm like what the hell did i miss <laughs> <laughs> same thing with uh same thing with hunchback and nerd dame i wake up in a windmill on fire and i'm like i thought they were in paris what's going on it's the windmill of paris the flaming windmill of paris that iconic spot it was what the eiffel tower was at the beginning and it was a big windmill but then it all burnt down and just left the iron do beams. any of the games ever go to the hunchback of notre dame yes i believe birth by sleep which okay. is the prequel game goes to hunchback so then you have monstro where pinocchio is lost inside of monstro the giant whale and you have to get Geppetto to help find him. Uh, that's when you discover that Riku's evil. That's why he got swallowed by a black puddle earlier. Is because mm. he's bad. He's a bad guy. And he helps kidnap Pinocchio and then disappears. He's a bad guy. Yeah. Then there's Atlantica, the Little Mermaid's world. You just help Ariel. Get a trident. Yeah. Fight Ursula. Out of all the worlds, you find out there's like a keyhole to the world. And if you seal it, it's supposed to stop the Heartless from coming in and stop people from being able to travel to that world. But it doesn't. So I don't understand why it's a plot point, but that's fine. Flawless. I do like that you get a mermaid tail when you go to the Little Mermaid area. Oh, yeah. Because they don't want to stand out too much, you know, like a giant talking dog and duck wouldn't stand out that much. So... (laughs) I can't they... take any of these battles seriously, though, when you have, like, Goofy being an idiot beside you. It's no offense, no. Liz. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually hilarious. So Goofy fights with a shield, and he fights by just running into people with it. And it's really fun. Um, there's Halloween Town, where you help them try to create an artificial heart. Which is kind of cool. And then you fight Oogie Boogie. That's the... I mean, I love that. I like the look of that town. Obviously, I love spooky stuff. So, and I like how they look in that one. Their outfits are cool. I do too. Like, I like his little pumpkin mask. Yeah, I like the little pumpkin mask, like, on his hair. I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, and I also like that uh, Donald's, like, a, a mummy slash yeah. ghost. Because some of his bandages aren't fully wrapped and you just see through them. I think it looks cool. I yeah. like it. 
I like how most of the game looks. I think it's yeah, like it's a bonkers game, but I do think it's well designed. Mm-hmm. So then we have Neverland. Sora finally finds Kyrie. She's there, but she's like comatose because she has no heart because um, it's been stolen. And Riku's there, who's like, mm, I have Kyrie here, and they're on Captain Hook's boat. And the whole level is trying to break out of, like, the below deck of Captain Hook's boat. And then mm. you learn to fly. And you fly and you defeat Captain Hook. No. Yeah. You can fly, you can fly, you can fly, you can fly. <laughs> yeah. Then we finally go to Hollow Bastion, which you're like, my favorite Disney world, Hollow Bastion. It's not a Disney world. That's why you <laughs> don't know it. <laughs> um, but Beast is there from Beauty and the Beast. And mm. he's just, like, your hulking friend that helps you fight things. And then this is where plot stuff happens. Like, literally most of kingdom hearts games happen is that you have a lot of plot in the beginning you go to all the disney worlds and maybe you get some snippets but not a lot of plot happens and then you get to the last world and it's like an info dump of everything that you're supposed to know by that point and you're just like great so yeah you find out that Kyrie's heart was sealed inside of sora so then sora releases his heart and Kyrie's. sora becomes a heartless Kyrie is brought back to life Kyrie is able to bring Sora back to life somehow and no longer a heartless. And then Riku's there. Riku, you find out, is possessed by Ansem, which is his name in this, not Xehanort yet. He is Ansem. Yeah, that was the weird thing about some of the videos is that, like, basically he's, like, there's, like, five layers of possession with the one bad guy. Like, it's, like, he's this guy, (laughs) but then he's also, that guy became this guy, and then that guy became this guy who's this guy. And I'm like, what yeah. is happening? Yeah, I thought it was confusing in Zelda when you had Ganon and Ganondorf like as sort of the same person, but I can't even like fathom what's going on in this game. It's so many layers. <laughs> um, so anyway, you find out that Ansem, the big bad, wants to open up this doorway to what's known as Kingdom Hearts, which is supposed to be like infinite power behind it. Um, so you fight Ansem a lot. You beat him. But then Kingdom Hearts still opens, but Ansem is destroyed by the power inside of Kingdom Hearts. So he just dies. Kingdom Hearts also opens up the realm of darkness. You know, just fun little things. And so then Riku goes into the realm of darkness to help close the door to Kingdom Hearts. And that's when we finally see Mickey for the first time, who's also in the realm of darkness. And he's like, this is the one scene he got to be in. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to help you close the door. Bye, guys. (laughs) And then he does. And then so they close the door. They defeat the big bad. And then all the worlds that have been destroyed, like Destiny Island in the beginning, go back to being not destroyed anymore but then like doesn't Kyrie like disappear or something or she can't come back with him or what i i don't i mean i watched that last scene i don't really know what happened but i, I, I got the it. sense it was like the end of the silent hill movie if you will where it's like <laughs> they survive but they're like in a different dimension because he's like drawing on the wall and she can see it but like they're not the same yes thing yeah so he closes the door and all the worlds start being like reborn and Kyrie's on a piece of land that becomes Destiny Island again. And so it's going back to where Destiny Island is supposed to be. And Sora's stuck in this other world or dimension, however you want to view it, where he's going to start looking for King Mickey and Riku. And that's how Kingdom Hearts 1 ends. Flawless. I mean, that's so yeah. sad, though. I feel like I wish, you know, it's kind of annoying that a game would end without a resolution almost. It's not, because it doesn't really feel that resolved if, like, if you're looking for a resolution, <laughs> this is not the game for you. <laughs> this, is not the game. this is not the game for you. Questions? You walk away. 
I feel like I've talked so much and I've explained I mean, so little. I mean, you're explaining everything. Like, you're going beat by beat as well as you can. It's just there's so much shit in this <laughs> so, game that yeah. that's why I can't comprehend it. It's just, ugh, mm-hmm. it's wild. Well, out of everything I've said, what is the most confusing thing to you? <laughs> okay, well. If you could pick one thing from this game and have it analyzed, what would it be? Uh, They're big feet. Why they have big feet? Yeah, it's Nomura. He is world famous for having a foot fetish. I mm-hmm. lied about that just so everyone knows. That's <laughs> Please not don't real. sue us. Joke. He's not the Tarantino of video games. <laughs> no, if he was, that would be the worst because these feet are giant. Yeah, they are. I mean, to be fair, like Goofy and stuff, he had big feet, so maybe they just kind of were like going with like that I guess so. look. But when you but have like, like more like human characters, it just—I don't know. I—I I don't mean to sidetrack us on a their big feet are the same size no, as their head, so it is weird. Really surprised how well these character designs, though, seamlessly fit into all these different worlds, because every Disney world still keeps intact its specific artistic style of that movie. And so we have all these Final Fantasy-esque looking characters, but they're styled in a way that they fit in. But the Final Fantasy characters from those games still look exactly like the Final Fantasy characters. So they've created original characters that can like really flit back and forth between the two worlds seamlessly. I was trying to listen to them explain all of the other different aspects of the gameplay. And when I was younger, I always just thought I was bad at games that involved any sort of combat. But it wasn't necessarily that. It was doing all of the things necessary to get like adequate power-ups and like health things that I just I don't have the time for or the patience for. Uh, it's the same reason like it took me forever to beat Breath of the Wild. It's because I just was like, well, I don't have enough like cooked fish stew or whatever to go <laughs> beat Ganon. Like I'll never bo- win. And then I went and I didn't need any of that shit. So play games on easy. Like, mm-hmm. why Why do I want to struggle? That's not fun for me. Other people yeah. have fun playing, like, the hardest of hard modes. Yeah. But, like, uh, so I played through this entire game last weekend. And it only took me, like, a night and some of the next day because it was on easy mode. I had a blast. It was great. Well, that's good. Yeah, I usually play games on easy mode. I mean, I, like, I played all the Bioshock games this year for the first time. And, I mean, I've never played really, like, a shooter game. So I did them on easy but to me, it is more about the, for those games, obviously story is a huge part of the game. And so it was more just fun to like live through the story and like take part in it. And I mean, I, like I like some of the fighting, but I I wouldn't want it to be harder than it was. Yeah, completely agree. Well, and what's so strangely alluring about this game is how convoluted it is and how they're going to tie things together. And I know they have no plan. I know that's not what it's going to be, but like being a part of this fandom and looking at stuff, all like the different conspiracy theories of what's going to happen and like trying to piece together all these clues and just reading other or like watching videos on other people's ideas of how it's going to fit together is so fascinating to me. Are we sure that this isn't like a Ryan Murphy property the whole time and that he's just like (laughs) spinning out of control and then the last episode he's going to kill everyone off and call it good? That sounds fine to me. It's like an M. Night Shyamalan movie where you think it's really deep, but you find out it's really not in the second It's just the plants killing them the whole time. Thank God for those plants. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wish. I have a question. Yeah. If you could go on an adventure with any Disney character, who would you want to go with? You know, like when I was younger, my instinct would have been to say Belle from Beauty and the Beast because 
that was one of my favorite movies. We love a strong, intelligent woman figure, but also like Bill's kind of a dick. Like at the beginning of the movie, and she's like, "I'm stuck here in this stupid little town, and I'm smarter than everyone here." And they're like, <laughs> "We made you bread, and we're giving you free books." So, <laughs> right. Oh, I I swear there's a video of like the town's perspective of yes, Belle walking around, I've seen that. and they're like, it's "Very funny." I didn't think life was so boring here. I'm like, sorry, you want to do something too better. Bell. Oh God, I'm sorry, I don't have time to read a book. <laughs> um, I think for me, I would go with Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. <gasps> That's a good answer. Like, because well, I want to hang out with Stitch too, but like, I would love to. First of all, I just want to be in a tropical area because it's beautiful. So I was like deciding between Moana and Lilo and Stitch um, because I love both of those movies. I went with Lilo and Stitch because it's more classic Disney anyways, but then also Stitch is in it. So, and I love Stitch and he's adorable. He's basically like an alien French bulldog and I really like that about him. So I'm going to go with that one. Aliens in Hawaii. Like that sounds like a wonderful wonderful combination. <laughs> oh, okay. I think my real answer as a thirty-one-year-old man is going to be, oh God, what is John Goodman's character's name and um, Emperor's New Groove? Is it Pacha? Ooh. Pacha. Yeah, because he's like super nice, knows how to like get around the countryside and like face all of the challenges in there. I just think it'd be a good time. Yeah, just seems like a nice guy. I will say, uh, if I were you and I picked the Emperor's New Groove, I would go with Pacha's wife though. Because... Oh yeah. She'd fucking crush it. Could you have, like, their, that family as, like, a collective? Like, the wife and the kids? Because, yeah. like, the kids could, like, take down anything, like, with a ladle or whatever. And, uh. Totally. I, I'll allow it. <laughs> or, like, Kronk, just because he's, like, a himbo. And, like, I'd be like, what's up, Kronk? Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, Kronk. Hey. <laughs> hey, Kronk. So I was trying to think of some, like, if I'm going to be in a Disney world, I kind of want some magic to exist. Sure. But... A lot of the magical people I don't know if I'd actually want to hang out with. Like, the three fairies from oh, Sleeping Beauty. No, they're They annoying. sound fine. They're annoying. But, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> I just that had a thought, with though. the cake. <laughs> right. You know what I'm talking about. You, I do know what you're talking you'd about. You'd probably go hang out with Madame Mim. <laughs> what if they merged the Golden Girls with those fairies, though? I just want to throw that concept out there. Um, I would watch that. I would watch it, too. But Madame Mim. From the Sword and the Stone. <laughs> the sword in the stone. Oh, okay, I was like, never seen it that. sounds so familiar, and I can picture it. But what is it from? She's like insane. So I don't actually mean that. Yeah. So I guess honestly, Liz already said this, but I think I would hang out with Moana. Yeah. Um, just because she talks to the freaking ocean, you can have a fun time. She's also like the chief of an island, which is cool. Uh, she's also kind of young, so we can still like hang out and like joke. And I could explain to her what memes are because they weren't invented yet. You can draw them like, in the sand. Yeah. You can draw like, like the lady is... pointing at the cat in the sand on the beach in Hawaii. <laughs> oh my gosh. We could play Pictionary. <laughs> Pictionary with Pictionary. the sea. <laughs> Pictionary. I love it. I play Pictionary with the oh, sea. Oh, you know that what else? A Big Hero 6 would be fun to hang out with like that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that would be fun. He's so cute. Uh, Big Hero 6 is a world in Kingdom Hearts 3. That's fun. Oh. So, and I feel like that answered what was going to be my second question of like, what Disney World would you like to visit if you could Disney visit one Disney World? See, I feel like I would actually want to visit Halloween Town. Mm, I think fair. it'd be fun to fair. go, like, especially like during Halloween time for like fun, spooky stuff. I would want it to be like an amusement park <laughs> version <laughs> of it. I don't want to be actually scared. I like the spooky vibes of it. I've always been fascinated and enamored with the art style of the animation and the original 101 Dalmatians the way they draw the the streets in London and the houses and everything 
So it'd be cool to walk around there. Aristocats. Oh my god. Think of walking by and there's singing and dancing cats. I'd be so happy. That'd be fun. <gasps> Wait. <laughs> Oliver and Company isn't Disney, is it? Yeah, I thought it was. Was is it? it? It is Walt Disney. Oliver oh, and Company. Okay. That's what I choose. I want a world that has singing and dancing animals, but also people in it. So uh, do you guys have any more questions about Kingdom Hearts? Uh, I do. Okay, Casey, good. Why are you like this? <laughs> well, okay. Here's the deal. I'm kind do we of have to have a timeline? Do we have to like a, a diagram for it? Yeah. For I'm going to tell you, but I'm not going to tell you in the correct order of how these <laughs> things fit. <laughs> and then later on, you'll have to figure out what they are. And I'll give the final mix. Um, 2.8 final mix epilogue prologue for it. Over five. Uh, <laughs> over five. I think Kingdom Hearts really tapped into that side of me that loves to research nonsense and have people talk about nonsense. How people do Wikipedia deep dives, but mm-hmm. half the time they do it on something actually like worthwhile. That's not a me thing that I do. I remember uh, when I was teaching a college course during one of the finals, I read every single summary of Pretty Little Liars because I just want to know what that <laughs> mystery was, but I didn't want to actually watch the show. So and... when we get the Pretty Little Liars video game, you'll be the ultimate knowledge source on that. Exactly. So it's I like weird mysteries that kind of make no sense and are so nonsense that I can laugh about how absurd they are. Mm-hmm. And honestly, at the end of the day, Kingdom Hearts, even its inception, is one of those weird, bonkers ideas that just yeah. makes no sense, but somehow works out. Yeah. And I just find it fascinating. Before we wrap up the podcast, I would like to let you know that we do have a visual companion to accompany this episode. You can find it on Twitter at Why Am I Like This, Instagram at Why Am I Like This Podcast, or Facebook on our Generation Why Am I Like This fan page. If you'd like to reach out to us, we also have an email, which is whyamilikethis at gmail.com. And if you listen to us on a service that allows you to do so, please give us a rating, uh, a subscription, subscribe, whatever you call it, uh, if you are able to do so, and follow our Facebook page as well. You can give us a review on there or just like some of our fun posts that we do. Yeah. Now, as we do every week, we're going to talk about the many good things about our week. So I know it's officially post spooky time. You know, we should be like gearing up for the holidays and whatever. But I was literally laying on the couch last night and I stumbled upon an album on Spotify that I did not know existed. It came out a few weeks ago and it is a cover of the rocky horror picture show soundtrack but done by the skivvies who are a kind of like musical theater cabaret act that performs mm-hmm. in new york city a lot and they perform in their underwear which is why they're called the skivvies and they're really talented and they got a bunch of guests to like do the entire show of the rocky horror show and it is really fun there is like i said there's a lot of fun guests that they get to do it they get alice ripley to do a song they get michael severus to do a song uh and they also incorporate a bunch of other songs within the song so there's random moments where they'll improv and riff and go into like a pop song or a different musical theater song and it's really fun and i recommend everyone to check it out it's uh the skivvies is the musical group and the album is called the rocky horror skivvies show so check it out it's fun that does sound fun casey what's your mini good thing so my mini good thing this week is actually an etsy shop it's called the red bean studio they make cute little crochet gifts and different novelty items and they're adorable and they're really well done i got this cute little <laughs> jellyfish that's crocheted yeah, no one else can see it's this so adorable. It's cute. It's a cute um i also just received uh, a sweatshirt from them with their logo on it that I had made and it 
is so soft and is my new favorite clothing item. I've worn it too much this week and I am obsessed with it. It's so soft. So again, it's the Red Bean Studio. You should check them out, especially with holidays coming around the corner. That's awesome. Um, so my mini good thing is also kind of, I guess, related to spooky season still, but I I live spooky season all year round. So I have really been enjoying the Bloomhouse Presents on Amazon. And so basically they're all, I think they're all first time feature films. Each movie is like a new director that hasn't done a feature before, basically. So it's a really cool, um, series. They all are just movies that they're presenting on Amazon. I think I I think probably some of it is based on the pandemic like so these movies kind of had weird release stuff and so this is now Blumhouse or Bloomhouse, I don't know how you say it, has come together to make sure that these get a proper release of some kind. Specifically, I just watched Nocturne the other night. Um and I really liked that one. It was about a young girl who is a a pianist and her sister, her twin sister, also is a pianist. And the two of them go to this really fancy, like, music school. She basically kind of makes, like, a Faustian deal to be better than her sister. Because her sister is the better piano player. It's kind of an emotional thriller, almost. It, but it was really good and well done. And it's just cool to see first-time directors. Like, I, that's one of my favorite things about film, is just seeing new people and what their take on, you know. Because obviously... There's only so many stories we can tell, really, and so seeing new visions, I think, is really cool. Um, and so I really, I've really had fun watching these, and so I, I look forward to the next round. So right now there's four of them available, and then there's another round of them coming, another four, I think, being released maybe this month. So uh, definitely check out Amazon for some of those with Blum- Blumhouse Presents. It's really good. Nice. And that's our episode this week. Yay! Yay. We We did did it. We got through it. Thank you all so much for letting me talk about Kingdom Hearts. Kind of. (laughs) I think I did. I don't remember anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You just blacked out. Pretty much. All right. But make sure to tune in next week when we will be talking about Charmed. What? (laughs) I don't know why I made it go so. It's spooky still. (laughs) All right. right, Thanks, everyone. Bye.